Pick the Nintendo Shack and pray. Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening says, yo. Greetings, Kooplings, and welcome back to the Nintendo Shack. My name is Donnie Reese, and this evening I'm joined by my Nintendo mates, Miss Rebecca and Mr. Garrett. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah. But of course, nobody wants to hear that. Everybody wants to hear our star <laughs> guest, special guest for the evening, Jeff Grubb Snacks. Jeffrey Grubb Grubb. Jeff Grubb is here. Welcome hey. to the Nintendo Shack. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I do want to hear from them, so I don't know what you're talking about. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um. We are absolutely just honored and super excited to have you here on the Nintendo Shack on our show. Um, we've got so many things to talk about. I wrote down some bullet points, so if you allow me to, to, to stoke your flame a little bit, Jeff. 2020 Wait. will undoubtedly go down in history in the annuals as the year of COVID-19. But in the gaming journalism space, 2020 might be remembered as the year of grub. <laughs> Uh, that, that was the idea from the beginning. You absolutely caught my plan. it out, man. <laughs> I just wanted to take over. That was the whole thing. I, I caused all of this. If I'm, You've if become I'm like yeah, the leading it. voice in video games this year. And I don't say that lightly. And I'm when I say it, I mean it. Um, we were asked earlier today, like, is this should I be following Jeff Grubb? And I was like, if you want to be informed on the bleeding edge of what is happening in video game space, then you absolutely have to. I have had every tweet of yours sent directly to my phone on alert <laughs> for like the last eight months. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't really know how it happened. I've, I, I've been doing kind of this sort of reporting for a few years now, and it felt like most people just ignore it. I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> and then uh, this summer, yeah, it just sort of it all unfurled all at once. And um, it, it's a reminder that this job is so unpredictable. Like we try to do like um, when we're writing our stories, we try to like, oh, like what are the important metrics that we're trying to reach to ensure that our, that we're accomplishing our goals? And you could just you can always just throw it all out the window because you never know what's going to take off and what's going to do well. And I never, ever could have predicted that uh, me just kind of joking around, like having like a pretend beef with Jeff Keighley and having my own summer game mess <laughs> would be a thing that would uh, kind of make it all come together. But but it did. And it's been fun. It's been a good time. Uh, it's been stressful as well. Just trying to keep up with everything um, and and. And making sure that like every because now you here's another thing that's happened. Like, I'm getting more tips than ever, and it's really difficult now to tell what is real. To track them all it. down. Yeah, yeah, it's very. It's much more difficult to sift through that stuff when like everyone's sending you something slightly different. Some of this stuff has a ring of truth to it, but are they just hearing it from someone else that I didn't know is already spreading it around as a rumor? It's it's tough, but uh, it's it's still a lot of fun for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to remind everybody, uh, Jeff, you reported on the Mass Effect Trilogy Remasters, Game Pass, and Xbox information. You've become the go-to source for E3. You uh, you talked about new Paper Mario game. You talked about Pikmin Deluxe coming, 3D World Ports. You were you reviewed the Paper Mario. I read your review. I absolutely loved your Thank review. You. You're a big reason why I kept my my pre-order and, and played it. And I'm glad I, to hear that. I would agree with your with your review as well, though. I mean, you were quick to point out all the things that it didn't do, but you were also quick to point out that it does a lot of good stuff as well. Yep. Um, it's a good game. I'm glad, I'm glad most people kind of come, came around to that way of thinking, I think, in the end. Selfishly, I brought you here for one and one reason only, and that is to <laughs> put the smackdown on Miss Rebecca, who doesn't oh, believe no. that we are going <laughs> to be it. playing Mario Remasters this year. <laughs> Jeff! Get her. She doesn't believe. Jeff, Get her. Is, Do you it. You have to understand, this has been the biggest debate on the Nintendo Shack podcast for months now, back and forth. This You're just is not a true believer. You, yeah, she, she refuses to believe it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, is it is, 
thing or you're just it's just a like you're like no they're not really doing that i don't believe that or you just don't want to believe it which one is <laughs> oh it? no i want to believe it it's one of those things where i have felt like it's too good to be true it's unbelievable right. that makes sense i get that yeah mm-hmm. um i i kind of felt the same way and i i uh i don't blame people for my I, you know my, my co-worker mike minotti is also a big uh mario fan and i you know i i talked to him a little bit more about this stuff than other people because you know you know he's going to keep it quiet we bounce stuff back and forth and he even him he's like i don't believe it anymore (laughs) i'm like okay (laughs) i I get it uh i I mean he's i've never it's like i've never been wrong on anything i've told you mike but all right (laughs) um yeah that's it's coming i mean it's what they're doing this year that is their plan like that's what they're like uh that is that was always the plan for this year it was always going to be i think a covid19 didn't mess them up but I think mm-hmm. this year was always going to be up for like debate among fans about whether it was a good year for Nintendo or not. And it was going to come mm-hmm. down to the fact that it was a lot of these remasters and, and a lot of uh, a bundling up stuff of, like Mario. But Mario was kind of always the big thing. Now, uh, is it all going to come out like by the end, the end of the year? I, I imagine the, the Mario remasters will the, the Super Mario 3D World Deluxe. Uh, I was talking about this on Nate the Hate shows a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. That one could slip into early next year because, you know, they've they're timing Pikmin three for October. It feels like maybe that could have been a time for one of those Mario games and maybe, maybe December, maybe January for a 3d world deluxe, but that stuff's still real. It's still coming. That's, that's the plan. Point. Donnie. <laughs> I'm so Let's wait excited. till Nintendo com- comes out and does it, and then we'll, we'll distribute the points. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a Nintendo wildcard that should be coming up in the next week. Yeah. It's so yes. And it's, it's still, People put a lot of um, stock in where I put stuff on this rundown. I guess, you know, I'm, I'm, are all your listeners familiar with my summer game mess list thing? I'm not sure if they are, but I can I can back you up and validate this. You moved your Nintendo wild card, and I think right. every Nintendo blog was like, <laughs> in the next 14 days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay, gonna guys, happen. I did move it to be... Yes, I was trying to indicate something there, but man, you guys take it very literally. <laughs> like you said, it was coming between these dates, and I'm like, well, no, I kind of put it between those dates. And the more important thing are the words "wild card." Wild uh, but, card. but uh, yeah, th- there there should be some stuff coming up soon. I- I've heard a lot mm-hmm. of different things. Again, I mean, I'm hearing a lot more than I used to, so it's hard. But uh, it-, it does sound like it's going to end up being something like a- like a- like it was in March, where. There, there might be an indie thing, then there might be a, a direct, whether or not it's a full direct or not, or, or one of these smaller partner showcases. I, my gut is telling me that there is going to be a big general direct here coming pretty soon based on the stuff I'm hearing, whether or not that's by the end of the month. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's before the 22nd. So people should just get that in there. Yeah, that the thing that the thing that's happening before the 22nd is not a big general direct, I don't think. Um, but going forward i think we should be getting one of those relatively soon you know within within the next month or so i think um but but yeah that doesn't mean that there won't be other stuff to get excited about they did just do they did announce pikmin 3 deluxe and yeah. uh that was one that was nice one to like get off the slate too it's like i announced i think i talked about that way back in april or may um yep. and, and that had been a rumor going around for a long time at that point mm-hmm. but it was it was but it was like you know nice to be like, okay see no that that's real let's let's move ahead to the next thing um but, but yeah, I, the Nintendo should have a lot to talk about, and it's going to have to start doing that soon. Uh, and I, I think it probably will start with with an indie world showcase. Is that what those things are called now? I can't remember. Yeah, I miss yeah. the indie stuff, but yeah. indie world, I guess. I'm still. I mean, hey, that's super excites me. Everybody that listens to our podcast. No, I am dying for sports story. I am so like, oh yeah, where is sports that. story? And it's got to be the next time Nintendo talks about indies. It's got to be there. 
I believe. Yeah. I think. Can yes. Can I hope please? so? I, no, the, I mean the, the details like that. It's like I definitely don't know all that kind of thing. Like like everything that's going to be in the indie showcase. No way. I, I I don't know. I'm I'm just as hopeful as you are. I hope that's there. I hope Silk Song's there. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if if those things aren't. I think just based on like. I, I, if those games, if those games were coming out, I think feel like they probably would have been announced by now, like dates and stuff. But but you never know, you never know. Maybe they are. I think they do feel like they have to wait for Nintendo to do a mm-hmm. direct or an indie showcase before they can maybe announce some of this stuff because it's very hard to speak out to the Nintendo Nintendo audience without Nintendo's help. Uh, Nintendo kind of has yeah. to be the wind in your wings with that kind of stuff because um, uh, Nintendo has such a direct line to people, you know, specifically because of the Nintendo directs, but even just because the way the fan base works, we we want to yeah. hear it from Nintendo. In a way that, like, um, like with Sony and, and Microsoft, it doesn't really matter if we hear it from them. It, it's slightly different. Um, That's true. So, so that, that gives me hope that we'll still hear hear about sports story uh, in one of these upcoming showcases. But whether we will or not, I don't know for sure. I can imagine that it will be a random YouTube video again in Nintendo because that's what they're trying to go for these days is like, let's put, all right, another random YouTube video into the Nintendo channel. So do you think that's going to try to be more of that route this year in the year of COVID or? I I think it's possible, right? It's, Mm -hmm. um, it's, I mean, they, they announced Pikmin 3 on, on Twitter, just like they did with, um, with, uh, Paper Mario. And that worked out really well for both those games. I think both those Definitely. games uh, got a lot of buzz th- through that method. Um, I, I do think that if they do a, a mini direct, it will kind of come across just like one of those uh, YouTube premiere sort of things that they did right. with, the, with the other stuff where they like, Hey, it's up there now. You can go watch it at your leisure. It's not streaming first and then put up on the thing. Um, but if they do a big general direct, and, and again, I think that, you know, the plans are they're trying to put one together. Um, okay. Then the, that will be like a traditional, uh, uh, you know, a direct as we know it. Um, so, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that actually plays out. But yeah, I think you're right to say that they want to do more of these, uh, a, a more variety of the way they, they, they mm-hmm. announce things, stuff on Twitter, stuff on YouTube, and, and uh, in addition to traditional live streams. Gotcha. If the Mario things are definitely happening, and Rebecca, by all <laughs> accounts, they are. So I've been telling you for six months now. They we are. don't know, but we know. We know. Um, they've got to start saying something soon. Like they can't hold oh, on yeah. to that any longer. Like they're running out of time at this point. If if it's still 2020, because I it's like I this would mark man. The thing that I've been excited about with this is I expect them to make like a kind of a spectacle out of this. I was expecting uh, from your initial reports, the things I've been saying this whole time, maybe some sort of themed console, maybe some sort of collector's yeah. edition, like a big promotion, um, to really get people primed. Because yeah, it's remasters, and sometimes people you know don't get excited for ports, but these are Mario ports and some of them are long beloved Mario ports. And I'd expect them to give it a a little bit more pizzazz than normal. Yeah. And I think they've found that uh, when Galaxy 2, or I'm sorry, when um, Odyssey sold very, very well, uh, they're like, oh wait, 3D World is now, or 3D style Mario games are the kind of Mario games that people want now. And for a long time it was 2D Mario games. And then they're like, wait, the the world's changed suddenly in front of our eyes without us sort of realizing it. And now it's like, oh, these, these are the real Mario games that going forward that we should be focusing on and i think that makes them think like okay so let's go back bring all those 3d marios forward uh you know sell them again to, to that new audience that has shown up because now they're used to 3d games because they're they're younger and they, they've grown up playing 3d games in a way that the, the previous generations had not and and now like yeah they're they they're, they want to they want to do this for the 35th anniversary they want to make a of big course. deal out of it i think you're right i think a themed console which i think is it, that's speculation on my part but it i mean it makes sense right to have like they haven't really done a ton of those yet with the switch 
Um, put that out there with, uh, with with Mario theming with this game sitting side by side on the shelf. Um, you know, if it is packaged like an all stars kind of make a big deal out of that. You could bundle that as if you bundle that. Right. That's like <laughs> said the right calling, words. Yeah. 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 You call back to like that to, to that to that time when you did that with the Super Nintendo. And that's um, if you bundle that at 300 bucks or, or you know, three, even like 320, 330. That's like a really good deal. And then, and you look really good compared to these very expensive upcoming next gen consoles. So, um, I don't know how much they feel the pressure to compete on price with with stuff like that. So they might just put it out on 300 and they have the game at $60 side by side Mm -hmm. and it still will sell really well. So, so who knows, but yeah, they have a lot of options here with with how they roll this stuff. I I would, I would expect that, um, like there will be kind of a a big dump of information, but if they want to just do a Mario event where they're just talking about the Mario stuff, they have enough where they could fill up 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes with just Mario with like mm-hmm. going over these past games, talking about 3d world deluxe, talking about like, Oh, bringing the original, like this is speculation, but bringing the original Mario all-stars to the Nintendo, Nintendo switch online. Oh. So yeah. That would be great. Super okay. Mario RPG, please. But like a personal favorite of mine, like get that on, <laughs> on Nintendo switch online. Um, that's, you know, that's 20, 25 minutes right there alone. And then if you have a, a Mario themed console, you could fill up the rest of the time. So, so yeah, I, I, I I, my, my hope is kind of like, let's get this Mario stuff out there this mm-hmm. month. And then if you're going to do a, like a, a follow-up general direct talk, talking about other games where maybe you finally give us an update on where Metroid is, give us an update on Zelda, uh, that would be fantastic as well, of course. Save the 2021 talk, because we're going to get into that later. But I'm going to try to get us back on track. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to start here, Jeff. It goes without saying, you, sir, have absolutely crushed it this year. So, like, hats off, claps that. around the board. I mean, you were fantastic. I just want to ask you... Um, how's 2020 been like with all the, 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 the coverage and, and I, I guess the success and the following and everything you've been raising you, I followed you to several other podcasts. I talked, I actually have been quoting you on from the Nate, the hate podcast on our podcast to our listeners. So, um, <laughs> I, I bring your name up quite a bit. Um, obviously it's been a tough year, right? With pandemic and protests and, and everything, but in the gaming space, it's been a crazy year. We, we you know, don't have E3 and we've got these consoles launching, but they're not launching, but Halo's delayed and, um, oh, and then Nintendo just the quiet. Uh, and then here you are, Jeff Grubb, superstar. You're hitting all the things. You're doing all the right things. Uh, how's it been, man? How- yeah, I mean, it's hard, it's like hard to like. Uh, it's hard. Uh, it, COVID nineteen has not been easy for anybody. Um, I, you know, I just I, I I'll get personal. Like we, I had a pay cut because of COVID nineteen. Like when it happened, uh-huh. so it's like that kind of like makes life a little bit harder. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife's continued working. She's a teacher, but like teaching That's right now is kind of, is very difficult on yeah. its own uh, so it's like figuring that out like trying to help her and make sure she's like like i empower her to figure that out with two young kids uh is is challenging on its own uh but uh you know it, it, it was always kind of hard like even before COVID 19 like like i was I, I worked from home with two kids all the time so it's like mm-hmm. i had used to i'd kind of grown accustomed to life being pretty challenging and just sort of figuring out and just like just dealing uh so i felt like i was in a pretty good shape relative to like where, where a lot of other people are coming from where like mm-hmm. they've had options taken away from them that they can no yeah. longer go to and i had already sort of forgone forgone a lot of that um so, but then like, yeah, you're right. it's like weird to get like um, this professional boost while all this other stuff is happening. And it's been um, during a pay cut. I, I'm going to say yeah, it. It's like, know, what? Pay cut too, right? Yeah. Cut, Jeff Grubby's <laughs> yeah, blowing up. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, I know. But it's, yeah, it's all across the board. Hopefully we'll get that money back soon, but it's whatever. Business, um, yeah. yeah, it's business. Uh, but, but like it's, it's uh I'm, I'm a millennial and we never go to taking like, like credit or like taking compliments. Like I always That's feel true. like I'm, um, uh, you know, we were told 
throughout our, our youth that like, oh, how special we are. And so, so we kind of grew a kind of um, numb to that stuff. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like, uh-huh, w- w- I could tell you're lying right now. <laughs> I could tell, and like, I, grew, I, I, I became that way as a kid. And it's very hard to shake that now that I'm an adult. So so when people like, you know, say this, like, oh, you're having a, a great year, blow, you're blown up. My my instinct, my gut reaction there is to be like, um, uh, come on, no, please stop. But, but I've also learned o- over time, like, I should just, just say thank you. You thank earned you. it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, earn it. Th- thank you. I'm, I'm trying. I, I am trying really hard to do this stuff, and it's and, you're, and you know what? I it, it's it's hard work, and it's a lot of um, uh, you can't please everybody, sort of thing. Where there's always someone mad about something. I saw your PlayStation tweets today. We were <laughs> yeah, talking about it in like, our Discord earlier, and and then yeah, when it, you when you followed it up, I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah I shouldn't, but it's like uh, I'm I'm just I'm trying to find out like what's going on with one thing, and I'm like. Oh yeah, this is just just a hunch, but maybe there's something here. Someone tell me more about it. And there's people who are like mm-hmm. mad. I'm like, you guys just your your whole your whole ideal ideology here is just just consume. Don't ask questions. That meme, like that's just what you guys want me to be. Just get you hyped. And if if it's a good thing, <laughs> you want to hear about it early, and you and you love it. And if it's a thing where I'm like trying to find out more about this these rumors I'm hearing, uh, you want me to just shut up about it. It's like uh, I just so, but yeah. You can't please everybody, and it's like, oh well, I, I, yeah, I kind of can't waste my time like trying to please everybody, and that's fine. But yeah, I, it, it's it's like it's still like I look around though, and it's like if I if I look out the window at the world, it's hard to feel really great as well, just because the world sure. is such a mess, and it's um and so uh, even with we even with like the personal growth that I've had with with my career, it is still very hard to be like, oh, this is a. Um, this has been a good year because it, it just hasn't been just flat yeah. out. Of course, hasn't been. Um, I, I I will say I, I do get the sense that like somehow my name has become linked to this E3 2020 now and then the future. I think yeah. you're right. Like it, my name might be recognized alongside that. And that is very weird to like, have that realization. It's like you can't plan that. Like I was saying earlier, it's just it had to happen on accident. If I had tried to make this happen, like if I had like. If this was my plan all along, it would it never would have worked out that way. But I think it's um I think it's part of it is like people recognize like I am just kind of approaching this this summer game mess stuff with a uh, the idea of having fun and yeah. and making sure that other people are like getting excited about the same things I'm getting excited about. And when I do know stuff, especially if it's like if it's stuff I'm getting through reporting and not through embargoes, I could be kind of cheeky with how I how I tease it because I can give a little bit more than you can give if you're under an embargo uh, and let people try to guess it and that and. I'm having a good time there because I'm not trying to to spoil a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fun to go in there and get the surprises. Uh, the, the marketing teams worked really hard. They're trying to they're trying to surprise people. And I think if if someone wants to like sniff it out and go check out my Twitter and and figure it out on their own beforehand, I don't think that's going to ruin what those marketing teams are doing. And it's um it's it's fun to be a part of that, and it's fun to like try to give people a little bit of, a little bit of breadcrumbs to like. Um, replicate at home the e3 experience that i used to get every mm-hmm. year and and now who knows what's going to be like in the future let them eat hype man let them yeah. eat exactly yeah. <laughs> that's right it's my motto <laughs> that that leads to the to the next question that i'm, I'm gonna ask you know uh we have this summer game mess all these separate events i can't keep up with them anyways like i, I keep missing events left and right mm-hmm. and i wish i could just go all in once again at e3 i i regret saying that i i want e3 gone uh, so do you think E3 will come back after this year, uh, yeah. this, this summer mess, or will folks continue on with what they're doing with their own events? I mean, it's going to be tough. I think um, that a lot of people are going to look at the numbers and look at the metrics and be like, oh, well, we had so many viewers in 2020. Why don't we just do that again? And they're going to forget that the reason they had so many viewers is that everyone mm-hmm. was locked at home. So they're just they're and they're, they can't even like 
go to the movies. So they're yeah. just looking for any sort of entertainment they can get. And sometimes that's just a live stream of a video game thing. So yeah, of course their numbers were inflated. I think that if uh, people step back from that and they look at the reception uh, to, to what's happened this year, um, I think they'll quickly realize that that, uh, that week of E3 is beneficial for more than just getting people in one place physically. Mm-hmm. It gives the at-home viewer, the at-home consumer who who is limited in their own time in their own way, a way to be like, I am going to dedicate just one week to consume as much game news as I can, and then I can go back to my real life in the next week and, and be like, oh, that was, that was a great time. I'll have stuff to talk about, but I don't have to worry about missing stuff anymore. I, I, it, was, it all happened. It was great. It was a great time. Uh, and there's a lot of value there because because people want to be a part of, of this uh, ongoing uh, promotion for video games. It's a lot of fun. It's a, for, for a lot of people, it's like it's just as much fun as playing the games. And so and if by spreading it out, we've quickly discovered that um, it burns people out. People get even more mm-hmm. cynical. Um, mistakes are amplified, I think, to a point where if you have a bad show, it's kind of all anyone talks about for for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a bad show at E3, there's a couple hours and then there's another show and then people are talking about that instead. Now, I mean, that could be that can have a, you know, a double edged sword sort of thing where if you have a good show, people might also forget about it. But I, I don't think it necessarily is a. Uh, quite as uh, quite as much of a problem if you have a good show people mm-hmm. tend to remember that stuff uh it, but i think e3 does a better job of hiding mistakes and i think again that has value so i think coming out of this uh when companies are looking at next year i think a lot of them are gonna be like wait no let's try to go back to e3 and let's mm-hmm. really we have a chance now to really change what it is but let's try to do it again in a smarter way and see what that can be um that's still going to require the ESA though. And the ES, the ESA is just a mess. They just really, yeah. they don't know what E3 should be. Uh, so if they are, if, if, if they're, they're the ones in charge of making this happen still, uh, you know, just like if they don't like hire a company just to do it, um, who knows, people might not want to work with them. So I, I hope it happens. Yeah, I, I personally prefer it, even with this being a good year for me personally, I, I still would rather just go back to regular E3 next year mm-hmm. for sure. I know Sony, Got a lot of good coverage um, with their stuff. And a lot of people are talking about how it's metrics and it's viewership and how many people, you know, watched online and everything. Is that across the board, though? Like, is everybody's metrics up? Like, did the Gorilla Collective do gangbuster numbers? So I, I think it was, um, I, I can't remember. Who, I think it came out of New Zoo or one of these, um, these, these metric companies. Mm-hmm. And they said that it was mostly up across the board for anyone that was like of any scale. So like, Ubisoft's okay. thing was bigger, and, and Sony's thing was bigger, okay. and Microsoft's stuff was bigger, but the smaller companies actually, and, and like the smaller shows, like PC Gaming Show was down. Yeah. So like the smaller oh, stuff okay. kind of actually did get, it did pay a little bit of a price. That was a point think, I've been bringing up quite a bit, is that I feel like there's a responsibility on these big publishers and platform providers to shine a spotlight on the sports stories of the world, the canals of the world and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and at E3, they had more time to do that. Yeah, and you would think like it's kind of a counterintuitive. You would think they would have uh, more time in this in this spread out environment, but um, you find that because you've spread out people's attention so much, you really do have to get in and get out quick. You have to like mm-hmm. really just hit them with the stuff that matters, and that does kind of that leaves a lot of games on the side. You're right, and I, I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I'm all for Jeff Grubb hosting E3 2021 next year. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Front yeah. show floor. <laughs> Jeff Keeley, go to the background. Yeah. Yeah. Go backstage. Go get my coffee, elbows. Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm all about it. Jeff, you've been with VentureBeat since, I think, 2012, was it? Yeah, yeah. I started um, like freelancing for them a- a- around that time, kind of on contract, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. How did you get your start in games journalism? And do you have any advice to our listeners who would be looking to get into that field? Yeah, it's just like a, the, I've been doing this for a long time, and I only started getting that question recently. So I'm like, I guess that's just <laughs> one of those things where people are like saw me, my name coming up more often. I'm like, I can ask this guy this. <laughs> Means um, you made it. Yeah, now I have, now I have like, I've, I've like refined my answer to this a little bit. So I got my start in, um, yeah, like 2012 is when I like started popping up writing on VentureBeat. I uh, started writing a little bit before that uh, for smaller sites, Combo.com, just kind of like a. A, 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 an amateur joystick.com like in joystick.com doesn't mm-hmm. even exist anymore. So <laughs> that gives you an idea of where combo was. Um, but it, it, it was just kind of, I got paid like $200 a month on combo.com to write a couple of stories a week. Um, it wasn't a lot. And I was, you know, working at Jimmy John's and subway all that time as well. Wow. Yeah. As, uh, and and it, it, it was a passion and I'm, I'm lucky. I'm a, you know, I'm a, um, I, I'm a suburban white kid who got to live with his parents for a really long time. And mm-hmm. even because I was like, you know, a, a mess up and they like, uh, they, 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 you know, had my back for a long time. So it enabled me to pursue this thing that wasn't paying a lot of money uh, when a lot of other people couldn't. Um, but I, I did have that opportunity and I just kind of kept working at it. And um, combo.com sort of folded and I kind of got discouraged and I was looking around I'm like, I think I might just kind of give up on this stuff. And at the same time, I had some friends that were volunteering at bitmob.com and bitmob was um, a couple of the guys that ran e- EGM electronic gaming monthly left and started bitmob.com. And it was supposed to be like this uh, community blogging service um, where gamers would write the blogs and the blogs would get promoted up and and, the, and then real editors would go and take those stories and make them even better. And it was kind of like this. Uh, uh, the idea was, you would write these blogs for free because you were getting like uh, all, all this uh, direct work with a, a an editor and there was value in that. And there was, that's what ended up helping me a lot. Um, and a friend uh, who was doing, who's doing the volunteer work at Bitmob with, with everyone else, everyone was unpaid volunteer there. Um, he said, Hey, just come and write a couple stories for us. Like just on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm like, Oh man, I, cause at this point I was going to just give up and like try to, you know, find whatever my other career was going to be. And I didn't go mm-hmm. to school or anything like that. So I was like, eh, not a lot of options. And uh, it was like that quarter life crisis sort of thing. Um, but then, yeah, so he, he asked me to do that. I did that. And that's where I kind of got close with, with guys like Dan Shu, who did run EGM and cool. a few others. And then when Dan went to, to VentureBeat, because uh, a friend of his was working there and like, they wanted to like improve their gaming coverage and like his friend was like, Hey, well, we can get Shu and that would give us a you know big name. Uh, he went there and he's like, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of like folding game, bit, Bitmob into them, and uh, I'll see what I can do for everyone else." And he was tr- trying to build up the gaming stuff, and I was like, "I really don't know how to, to freelance. I think that's what I have to start doing if I want to keep this going." Yeah. Uh, but I, I think a, a Mass Effect two or three came out or something like that, and the faces wouldn't work from one game to the other. Like you could make a face in one game, and it was supposed to transfer to the next game so that your character could continue, and that wasn't working. And I'm like, "Hey, this is broken. You want to just like hire me freelance to write this story for you real quick?" And he just he said yes, and I got into the system. I got like the tax information filled out and did my first story, and then like. Once you're over that hump and like someone's paying you, it's a lot easier to be like, well, let's just have Jeff write the next story. So I very quickly started writing more and more stories each week and kind of did that uh, freelance for a long time, then did contract work. And then eventually they they hired me on full time. And now, you know, it's a we've still have a small team of of writers. there, just kind of, you know, four people on GamesBeat. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's been working for us and it's been fine. It's been a good and it's been a good year for us. 2020 has been really good. So. Nice. Excellent. Oh, and uh, the, the advice, uh, the advice. Yes. Um, 
Uh, don't uh, you're going to look around like I, the reason I wanted to be in this industry, I think a lot of the times was I would um, I did grow up like reading EGM and I did grow up um, like, uh, you know, go on, like in 64.com before it became IGN. And I would I knew all the you know, I would read all the people there that were working there and be like, man, I want to be among those people and be their friends. And um, what I realized over time is uh, they have you can't you're not going to become their friends. Um, you're not going to like even if you do establish yourself Mm -hmm. They have their clicks and what you should be focusing on is looking around at other people who are at the same stage as you, who are also up and coming, who are also hungry, and you should be building the next click with them. They are going to be your support group. They're going to, once they start getting to positions uh, of importance, they will be able to like either give you tips on, on, on like jobs, tips mm -hmm. on information that's happening <laughs> you know, behind the scenes, stuff like that. And, uh, that's that's the key. Uh, it's it's people like we're, we're a social animal and um, your writing can get better and, and working with editors can help with that stuff. And you can know the most about games. I, I guarantee there's someone that's going to know more. And and but if you establish a network of other people who are like minded and, and you and and next time and, and suddenly you're going to find that people are looking up to you and, and realizing they want to be a part of your click. And, and that's where you want to be. It, it, it's very valuable to, to try to build something like that. Wow. That, that, that hit home. Um, <laughs> and that, that is largely like kind of a, a PSVG algorithm, if you will. I mean, we, we got together, we started as four and now we're a team of 13. We started with one show and now we have like eight shows mm -hmm. and we've all come up together with the Sean Capri's of the world and our friends too. And we've all done the same thing. And, uh, you know, they get an end and they get a guest and we get an end and we get a guest and then we do crossovers and we cross promote. And well, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see that it's, I, I, I took to that pretty, pretty well. Um, so typically every show we start with what we're playing and we were like, we're not going to waste time on that this week. Cause we have Jeff Grubb. And then we <laughs> usually jump into this week in Nintendo. We talk about news and, uh, we're so ha thankful that Jeff Grubb came on because there's no news. Like there's, there's very little news. And then how much happening now guys, yeah. Oceanhorn two is coming to switch this fall. Yay. Um, I played that on iPad. It's not good. Like it's not, it's not really? super great. It's, it's, it looks That's a bummer. It looks better than it, than it is in trailers that I'm for sure. Maybe Switch plays it better, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. the hope, is that Switch, it was, like, choppy. It's kind of like it's Skyward Sword, but it's it's not. It's, like, half a Skyward Sword. You know, it's just Skyward Sword. To say Skyward, Skyward Sword light yeah. would be nicer to it than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. So, And I don't mean to crush them. Um, we loved, I loved their other game. And it was the Blossom Tales. And uh, it was the, the, the first one, the Ocean Horn, uh, the Wind Waker thing. Like, mm -hmm. that one, I think, was better. I think this might have been too much so they can chew off. But that was just my experience. I played on Apple Arcade. Played on iPad uh, 2019 model, not the Pro. So maybe it has more to do with it, but it did not did not run great. So we're just going to jump into our questions. We're going to keep the night of Jeff Grubb going, and we got a lot of questions, so I'll kick it off. You already kind of touched on it, but I'm going to add a little qualifier here. Colbert asks, how much longer do you anticipate Nintendo Silence to last? Jeff Grubb, no indies, no no third-party promo shows. We're talking Nintendo Silence. I want to hear okay. from Nintendo. Um, Yeah, I think that um, hmm, it's tough because... There, there is so much like mud in the water here because uh, uh, after that uh, last show, they're like, and we're going to have more partner directs. And so yeah. when you start hearing rumors and people are like not being very specific about what they're hearing as well, when they're trying to like convey it to me, uh, you're like, I'm like thinking, well, that could be just a partner direct what you're talking about. So, uh, but you know, if I had to like, if I had to like place a bet, I would say that the latest you're going to have to wait. And I, this does feel like a very long time, but by 
by like the middle of September is the longest I think you'll have to I wait. Think, now. I think that doesn't feel fine. long. Yeah, it doesn't no. feel long. Okay, good. Like, so, actually, I feel like people, are, like people seem so desperate and like everyone think like everyone's like looking at my, my thing and they're like, something's definitely happening in the next seven days. Oh my God. Um, but I, I do think like, if you are talking about that meaty Nintendo direct announcement stuff, I think the mm-hmm. middle of September is, is your best bet. So, yeah. Okay. That's close. Let, can I follow that up? I wanted to ask you this. Um, I just now popped off in my head. We've been talking about COVID's implications, and I actually have been echoing your thoughts. I've been saying all year, my co-hosts know this better than most, I've been saying all year long that this would be a lighter year for Nintendo. I, I expected that they yeah. needed to kind of reload, that uh, the Switch was kind of like this perfect happen- happenstance where they held off on Wii U because of Wii U that helped them like front load and pack Switch. And now that they've kind of fired a lot of bullets and a lot of point- ports, like they need to reload. And but here's the thing that I don't understand. Has COVID adversely affected Nintendo more than others? Because Xbox and PlayStation are still getting games out. We're seeing third parties, Ubisoft and stuff, they're still getting games out. There's still delays, but they're still getting games out. There's a sentiment that Nintendo's just not doing anything, that they just ported a couple of games they've taken the year off. I didn't have that sentiment, but I want to know if maybe you could speak to that. Maybe they're having a harder time dealing with this from where they are compared to where everybody else is. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things there. It has affected them more than Sony or Microsoft uh, because of the way that Nintendo does business. Um, uh, Sony, the games division, is not in Japan anymore. It's Mm -hmm. it's a European, North American sort of business now. Uh, It was North American, now it's more European under Jim Ryan. But... But not Japan is the point there, and and Microsoft obviously not in Japan. Now, why does that matter? Uh, Japan's very. Um, it, it, it's going to sound harsh, and I don't really mean it this way, but backward when it comes to, uh, it's to a lot of technology. Culturally different. We've tried yeah, to speak yeah, of that, I mean, but I couldn't elaborate to it. So I mean, they, they use fax machines still. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. Like they use fax wow. machines to communicate. They, they're afraid of the cloud. Afraid is a bad word. They uh, they don't. They just don't use the cloud. So if like a person's working at home and they want to access a lot of their stuff, they're out of luck because because. Nintendo, a lot of Japanese companies mm-hmm. are just hesitant to put stuff on the cloud. You know, you, uh, you hear stories about um, uh, Japanese game publishers in the back, back in the day didn't want to share any previews with online websites because they thought everything online was just a piracy thing. That's all they understood mm-hmm. about the Internet. Um, and it's just it's just it's just because they, they have a way of doing things. They are culturally set, especially in their business, and they're just going to keep doing stuff that way. It, they, they got very advanced up until the 90s. And then once everything sort of kind of uh, solidified, uh, they, they stopped picking up new habits in terms of how to better uh, streamline their businesses. And so this has left a company like Nintendo, Nintendo in a really rough spot where. Yeah, they don't have cloud infrastructure to rely on for, for their for their workers, but it, it's it's deeper than that. They um. They don't like collect. They don't like conducting business online. They don't like uh, trying to sign deals where they never meet someone face to face. They don't just. Mm-hmm. It's not just like they don't like it. They find it disrespectful, and that's that's a a big challenge to overcome. You don't just change that sort of culture overnight, even in the face of a pandemic. Um, I, I bet they are deeply rethinking some of these things now, but that's it's been a couple of months. So yeah, like they'll, they'll maybe they'll figure it out, but it's only been a couple of months, really. Um, as for like the development side, I, I don't know if uh, Microsoft and Sony are as unfazed as as uh, as Nintendo. Like they, I think they like I think we just saw with Halo COVID being a problem. Um, I think Sony was able to get its games out, but there were some delays there um, during that period that kind of uh, pushed things back a little bit. I, I guess Last of Us Part Two was kind of delayed before all this happened, but but still, like they had extra time to get stuff put together. Um, and and so I just don't know that. Um, 
yes, they, their games are probably facing a little bit more trouble because uh, of COVID. It was always going to be a light year. Uh, but like, I think when most people are thinking like, why is it hitting Nintendo harder? Uh, they're thinking about the stuff like the Nintendo Directs and the Nintendo mm-hmm. Directs are very specifically more difficult to put together because of that cultural stuff where mm-hmm. Nintendo just hates the idea of, of signing a, a, a developer to an agreement to show up in a Nintendo Direct over a Skype call. They, they just, they, they, find, they find that skin crawly. They just resist it as much as they can. So uh, uh, it, uh, it was always gonna be this way. They, they are back in the office now they, and they are like traveling a little bit. So they are mm-hmm. able to start putting the stuff together and like, way back in, in June, I think when, uh, you know, maybe before that, when I reported that like there wasn't gonna be a Direct in June, I said it was probably gonna be to like, August, September, like, you know, yep. wait until the very end of summer before this stuff really starts to happen. And now it is, it was kind of always, they, I think they always foresaw it kind of going this way. So, uh, and, and now it is. So I, I think people should can, uh, you can relax. Nintendo's figuring it out and games yep. will start coming out again real soon. Exciting. Well, let's hope so. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jeff, this comes from Matt. Um, what, what is your first, like a Nintendo console and any memories along with Nintendo? Uh, what's, what's life? uh with with young jeff yeah so i got a i got an nes for my fifth birthday and that was my first console and some of my best memories for sure i just told this story on another show recently so i should i'll think of another one i um mm-hmm. rem- i remember uh punch out was one of my favorite games and uh we we would play it all the time but like we, we got like so we got so into it that my older brother would like set up our couch cushions as like um uh, like a, a series of, uh, of three by three squares and I would jump on the cushions to like select which boss I was going to fight, like kind of like Mega Man. Uh, and then I would jump on one and it would be a certain punch out boss and I'd pretend to be fighting him and stuff like that. And I just, so I think about that all the time. It's like still one of my favorite franchises. And I think it kind of goes back to that as being a young kid with my older brother, like playing this game. Um, and, and I, I don't, I, you know, more recently uh, breath of the wild was um it's just a, a revelation that games could be something special to me again. Mm-hmm. Like that game was so good. It was, uh, I, I reviewed that game. I played like a hundred, <laughs> 125 hours, uh, while I just had like a, like a three month old baby and I was playing on the switch and I'm like, man, Oh my God, this system is incredible. I can play this game for real in a way. I never would have been able to finish that review if I hadn't been playing on the switch. Like I had to have it like ha- handheld to, to make it happen. But then the game itself is just so it's so magical. It's so good. It's, uh, yeah, I, I uh, it made me believe like, oh, this is why Nintendo can never be counted out because they just they believe in games too much. And when you and like it, it if they can reinvent the, this franchise, the franchise that we never thought they'd be able to reinvent, they were always going to be stuck in their ways. And because they were good ways, the Zelda games were working fine. Yeah, people mm-hmm. always complained like you got to change stuff up, but really they were still always among the best games of any year they came out. And then Breath of the Wild comes along and it's like. They, they rethought it in such a, such a brilliant way that it's just like, ah, okay. Yeah. You can never count on Nintendo. They're always going to find a way to do it again. And yeah. So I, that game's going to be special for me for like the rest of my life. Absolutely. Do you see them continuing with the hybrid model for their consoles or do you think they'll innovate again? I, I think they're going to stick with um, with this hybrid model for quite some time. You know, they I, just from a, um, a logistical point of view, they have a, a, an ongoing agreement with NVIDIA uh, for, you know, I think 20 years was the agreement mm-hmm. they signed. So we're going to be a, like a quarter of a way through that here pretty soon. Uh, but that means the next system's probably going to be using similar style NVIDIA hardware. And mm-hmm. uh, to me, like, that says, yeah, just keep doing this stuff. It's working. Um, I, I'm sure they'll try to find uh, new ways to innovate. But the Switch hits so well 
No one else is in a position to do it. Like Sony and Microsoft, um, even with, even with Microsoft with the cloud stuff, you know, Sony has cloud stuff as well. Um, that is a good idea in terms of like oh getting people to play on their phones but we've, we we all know this that we like that's still a huge barrier to get me to hold my phone sideways slap something else on it uh worry about the battery draining when i actually need to use this as a communications device all these things are going on in your head that like it's the same reason like um phone virtual reality didn't work people used mm-hmm. uh, their phones to do virtual reality once and then they never did it again because it's just this whole idea of like dedicating your phone to something else and taking it away from actually being able to use it as a phone mm-hmm. or a or Twitter device or whatever. Um, uh, people, people don't actually like that. Uh, so I think that the switch is such a, it, it just proves that form factor and the way that you're playing games does still really matter. And you could say, Oh, cloud, you could play anywhere. And I just, I don't necessarily believe that that's going to get over the hump with most people. I think Microsoft, so especially like if they're kind of trying to make X cloud work, they're going to have to figure out the hardware side of it too. And that's, that's going to be challenging. And, and, you know, and, and because, uh, because of this, I feel like Nintendo's not going to have competition in this hybrid space for, for years and years, Sony and Microsoft are using x86 and they're using very energy inefficient hardware. It'd be very hard to shrink that stuff down into a portable form factor and then still mm-hmm. have battery life. Even if you were just trying to do it, it's like, Oh, this is where you're going to play your indies. And then you come home and you play your big games on the big system or something like that. Uh, it doesn't work in the same way that it would work on the switch. So, uh, so yeah, they should, they should, they should stick with this model. If they, even if they don't plan to, I think it would be a mistake not to. I agree <laughs> for sure. Steven would like to know a large number of Nintendo fans seem to think that Nintendo does a poor job of handling expectations or hype and are not communicating well with the pandemic. Um, he wants to know, what do you think about their current marketing communication, especially considering that new consoles are coming soon to compete with them? I uh, I feel like I don't envy their position. I don't envy any any game company trying to communicate with gamers. We are we are very demanding. We have mm-hmm. a lot of expectations. There is sort of no winning with us. Like the only way to win is to have a really big out of the park home run show. Show us all these games. Make all these promises. Show the logo to Metroid Prime Four. We'll get we'll go crazy. And then a week later, we're asking kind of like, what's next? <laughs> where is this <laughs> stuff? Uh, where you know even these games come out, we play them for a week. We put them down. What's next? That's that's a tough position to be in. I I I I do not like the the like to me when I think about people doing that, it gives me anxiety. So um, I try to have some sympathy for like them trying to manage those expectations because on the one hand, if you are a company trying to sell a product and you have this very enthusiastic audience, uh, you you want to sort of stoke that to a certain extent. And but gaming companies found out that it's actually pretty dangerous to do that without uh, being able to back it up. Um, so like the idea, so this idea of managing expectations has become very popular, especially in like the last year. People like that comes up over and over again. People they throw that at Sony as well. Um, and, and I, I just it's it's a hard thing to do. It's very difficult to be like, I'm gonna we're gonna say something to our audience, and everyone is gonna understand exactly what to think. You say one thing to try to get people to to to, to understand that like this next show is not gonna be that big of a deal, and someone's gonna not someone a lot of people are gonna take that the wrong way and still get really excited for no good reason. Bakugan and yeah, Bakugan, <laughs> it's gonna be a Bakugan all over again. Exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're not good at it, but I don't think anyone's good at it is the thing is, is the real thing here. So um, I, could they get better at it? Sure, maybe. But I, I think that um, when they come out with their next big show, their next, their next big Nintendo Direct, no one's going to care. They'll just be happy that there was a show with a bunch of games in it. And everyone forget about any time that they thought, oh, you weren't good at managing expectations. Spot on. 
Brody writes in with a very, very fun topic for you. <laughs> Do you anticipate a similar anniversary for Zelda's 35th next year? Oh, if so, man. what would that look like? And uh, there seems to be a rash of trademarks just filed from Nintendo about up. Zelda mm-hmm. that look a lot like a rash of trademarks that were filed for Mario a year ago. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think what we're seeing now is, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know anything. Wind Waker, but, um, say it, say it. <laughs> Wind Waker. You, right, you've got to get all those Zelda games on the Switch, right? Like you do. Yes. Uh, Yes. I, I think that you, again. <laughs> I will happily pay. I'll pay a hundred dollars Nintendo. Listen, Wind Waker. <laughs> I mean, Breath of the Wild also sold like better than any Zelda game before. It, it, they mm-hmm. they were like, we are in a really sweet spot with our uh, with our our games are really good. These franchises are really good, and the IPs are really strong in terms of their appeal. We have this deal with Universal going forward, where we are are going to be. Uh, making theme parks and eventually there's going to be a Zelda part of that stuff. And we also have movies coming out. Like we need to like be really thinking about how we're building up our characters and, and treating our history. And, and I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see it play out well with Mario. And then I think like, uh, uh, yeah, well, we didn't mention this earlier. Like there could be like a trailer for like the Mario movie dropped among this, among this stuff. Uh, yeah. I think they're kind of thinking holistically about the way that they treat their IP. And if that works out, like it just makes sense to continue that with Zelda and and make next year kind of a, a similar thing for Zelda uh, because again they have a lot of games they could still come up and put on the Switch they I'm sure they have other like smaller like I'm not sure but I would think that they have probably like a, a Link's Awakening follow-up in the works in addition to Breath of the Wild 2 uh, so, so they might want to you know start like prepping people for that uh, yeah I really hope so uh, it, this is a fun topic because I'm already thinking about it it's like oh man I can't wait we haven't even got the Mario stuff yet and I'm already like yeah let's do Zelda <laughs> didn't so, Netflix have a rumor with, with Zelda was yeah, there an there animated like that. that's, that's gone around a couple times too yeah, like, they've been okay. kind of over, the, over and over again like you know people like streaming services I'm sure think about Zelda as like oh that could be our Game of Thrones or whatever and I don't think it would ever work out that way but I'm I sure they're think thinking that way Yeah, uh, my shack mates I'll go ahead and throw this out here alright mm-hmm. Zelda's 35th anniversary collection Zelda All-Stars, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword. Oh, I'd be there. Oh, I'm yeah. We would buy them. <laughs> you and I would buy them $60 each. It's, but I if think they actually made All-Stars. a collection of them? If for an All-Stars, I think you would need also a top-down title in there somewhere. Mm, I think you, put, you think Link Between Worlds in there, and then you're set. Ooh, Optimize Link Between Worlds would be good. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. So, so good. Yep. I feel like... um. We would not be as lucky with the Zelda games. I feel like they would do each each Zelda game as a sixty dollar game, but I'll buy them. That's, that's whatever. Kind of we'll what see. I'm wondering is why why we can see that for Zelda games where they package it for sixty dollars individually and we buy it. You don't think that they would do that for Mario and take advantage of? I do. No, I do think they would do that for Mario. They? I absolutely do think they would do that for Mario, and I don't know why they're not. Um, is, is the thing? Like, I, I don't. <laughs> that's, I, that's what I, I mean know. when I say it's too good to be true. Yeah. No, I agree that they wouldn't. God. <laughs> I feel the same exact way, but it's like the, the, what I've heard makes it sound like a, like a Super Mario All Stars packaging sort of thing. Like that's what they want to do. I, I, I maybe because like Mario sixty four is is sold. There's more Zelda games, and and, and like there there's been more like recently. I they're think bigger I like, too. Yeah, and they're bigger games. I think they think. I think that's what yeah, Nintendo thinks. And yeah. so, um, I, I don't know, but I I agree with you. Why wouldn't they just do that with Mario? But I feel like. Um, they do want to make it a really big deal and, and you do that through All-Stars, I guess. I think they also have really fond memories of All-Stars um, yes. because All-Stars was like um, a really big event. Like when that game came out, it mm-hmm. was a big deal. Uh, it was like one of the first big remasterings and, and people 
ate that up in a really huge way. And I think that they, um, I think they see themselves repeating that with this new audience that they built on Switch, and and maybe they're just trying to replicate that, and that's why they're sticking to that. Um, not to say that they haven't done bundles of Zelda games before they have, but it wasn't as big of a deal, so maybe it's not as fondly remembered. Uh, but mm-hmm. but yeah, I, the underlying stuff that you say there, though, I agree. I don't know why they wouldn't do it with Mario. Maybe for like the regular customer, like the non Nintendo fan, like they would see all these Mario remake games and be kind of like. I don't know, like exhausted seeing them or like it would be too much for them. It's like we've even seen there. with people on our own team that are like, I would do Sunshine, but not 64. or I would do this one, but not the mm-hmm. other one. Maybe bundling just gets everybody playing all of them. And you have like a net positive because the value is so good that it's a must have item. You know, they've got 50 million switches in the wild. I think this if the Mario collection is what Jeff Grubb says it is. And I have no reason to doubt you, Jeff Grubb. Just know. I am pro Jeff Grubb. She on the other anti. I get it. That's how it is. I know. I felt it this whole time. There, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I get it. The value no, think, would I be so intrinsic that everybody would have to buy one. That's a must-have item, whether you want to play them or not. I think. I think. I think there's definitely logic in what you're saying, and I am not a big Mario fan. But this, you're right. If there was a collection, we're talking about okay. There's the collection, and then the remaster of 3D World. I'm not buying the remaster of 3D World because I'm not a Mario fan. But I. See the value in a collection that's like okay yeah. this is an item that i as a nintendo fan not necessarily a mario fan should have on my shelf it's just too good yeah. not to it's too good and not if, to. If, if, if they're trying to like fill out their uh, their lineup as well uh releasing them individually does feel a little bit like um it's anticlimactic climactic but if you put them all together that does feel like oh that is a game that could hold up an entire month for nintendo or or maybe even be sort of a pillar of a holiday um but on their own they wouldn't be so so yeah maybe there's something there mm-hmm um, Ashley asks, uh, with Xbox and PlayStation launching new consoles in the middle of a pandemic, do you think Nintendo would, could benefit most by having the Switch available at a cheaper price? Yeah, I think that's what they're thinking. I think the Switch is going to continue to sell really well uh, no matter what because it is at, at that more affordable price. It has a, a, a you know, I think it's it's going to be perceived as having like a, a more robust library, even, even though both of these other consoles are going to launch with backwards compatibility, compatibility, more, more people are just going to be like, there are more Nintendo switch games than PS five or Xbox series X games. And they're the kind of games that like, I know my family likes. Uh, I know they're, I know they like Mario Kart. Let's go get that. Um, I, I think I think we've seen the, the the success of of Switch over these past couple months when people like have had to turn to gaming because they haven't had other entertainment solutions. Um, I think that's going to continue for, for for some time, and and yeah, I think just by being on the shelf at three hundred dollars compared to what could be five hundred six hundred dollars from these other companies, it's going to look really attractive. Um, as for a price drop, I mean, I, I think there is potential there. Uh, I think that if Nintendo okay. does feel like they need to, it, it's an option for them. That that hardware that they have inside the Switch right now, they could easily, you know, they're easily making a profit on that right now. They could easily eat up some of that, still be making a profit, probably drop it down to two fifty and do and do just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they need to though. So I think uh, yeah. I think it will, it'll be it'll, it's an open question as to whether or not they're going to feel the the, uh, the need to do that. But I, I think one, the one way they may maybe fight this is. Do release like a Mario themed one to just get the the big fans, mm-hmm. the biggest fans of Nintendo really excited. We go out and we buy the Mario version of it. We maybe either hand off our other one to our friend, to our to our sibling, to a family member, or we sell it secondhand. And this has been their strategy from the beginning, where 
they don't necessarily grow the audience by like, oh, selling new hardware to, to new customers. They sell new hardware to the same customers. And then we secondhand hand those out. And then those people begin buying software. And that's how it works. It's worked for them very well. I have like Game four Boy. switches. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you, you might keep them, but a lot of time, most people sell them. And, and, and it's like it's just a great strategy for building up your, your install base. Um, uh, yeah, so so I think they might try something like that first. Where, where the Mario console could be something like that, or or uh, an eventual like Switch Pro or whatever could mm-hmm. be something like that as well. I'll even throw in there as a bundle to help uh, Ashley out. They could absolutely just bundle a game with one of the lights. They could just give a game away. Like, right. Hey, on Black Friday during this week, if you buy a Switch Lite, you just get Pokemon Shield for free, or you get yep, Mario 3D huge. World for free, and it doesn't cost them anything because those are old games have already sold through their initial allotment but it's value added to move consoles so yep and you know just make it a digital code so yeah, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. even cheaper yeah you know? mm-hmm. um barry wants to know besides the rumored mario games what else are you looking forward to playing in 2020 um i i am a big pikmin th- a pikmin fan i i really liked pikmin 3 on on wii u i think i reviewed it uh for venture beat so again that's how long i've been doing this it's been like 2013 um and i uh yeah i, I have a lot of fun with that a, a big part of that is uh, my wife who who likes games but does you know she doesn't take a lot of time to play them she's she's very busy um but she she has always loved the Pikmin games. She loved them before Pikmin three. She played both of them, and then Pikmin three came out, and it's like the one game she sat down and took time took time to play. So it'd be like it might be really fun to kind of go back and either uh, have her play that again, or maybe check out some of these co op modes that are supposed to be in there or whatever. Uh, the multiplayer modes uh, that that should be fun as well. Um, I'm I'm also I'm I want to see Cyberpunk. I want to play Cyberpunk. I'm um I, I've been looking forward to that for a while. I I, I feel like. Um, even if it's a mess, I feel like it's going to be an interesting mess. And for me, that's actually a lot of times more fun. Um, mm-hmm. I don't need things to be perfectly polished, uh, per- like perfectly polished games usually end up feeling boring to me. Um, I bounce off of a lot of them. I, I kind of want, I'm much more interested in, in something that feels messy. that feels like it has possibility space in it. And cyberpunk mm-hmm. feels like that for sure. Um, I'm also, I, I just got Battletoads. I'm not, I'm probably not allowed to say this, but we'll just keep it between us. I got, just got Battletoads for review. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to try that out. I, I played that at E3. I know a lot of people, uh, didn't like it, but I, I sat down with Mike from, from games beat and then someone else. And we just, we had a, a lot of fun just losing over and over on the bike wow, stage. I, nice. I was, it was, yeah, we're, we were sitting on the couch having a good time in the middle of like uh, where, the Microsoft theater or whatever it was. And it was just, it was a good time. Um, I, I, it reminded me of old Battletoads and I was kind of, kind of excited for it. So, uh, you know, I hope they pull it off. I'm, I'm sure most people, it won't be most people's game, but it's on Game Pass. So it's like one of those things. So just try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's other stuff, but yeah, mostly Mario. Though. <laughs> I just want to, want to go back and play all this Mario <laughs> games again. Speaking of other stuff, can I get you to hint, say nice things, lead me on the path. Am I crazy to think? That we'll get no more Heroes Three this year, Persona Scramble Strikers. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I, I'm less. I'm less convinced that it's going to come this year than ever. I feel like. Um, I agree. Maybe, but I'm. I'm. Yeah, I don't think so. When I saw the re the rating for the remaster of the port or anything, that was my initial response and check like two weeks ago. I was like, well, No More Heroes yeah. Three is totally delayed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think that's right. Okay. Thanks. Um, our next question is from Adam. What do you guys think Nintendo has planned for 2021? So we get through the ports, we get through the remasters, we get to the Game Awards, Nintendo does a direct and they start to show us for the next following year. What does that entail? 
Yeah, um, I, I, I think that they, um, once they get past this year, once they get past Mario stuff, it is going to be time to start talking about, like, where is Breath of the Wild 2? Where is, where is Metroid Prime 4? I think they need, these games are, um, they're not, they're not, like, becoming albatrosses quite yet, but they are games that they need to get those out before they can really start making new promises, right? Like, if they go to next D3 and they, they start talking about, you know, whatever, like an a mother four or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're like, well, okay. But like, we still haven't even got Metroid prime Four. like w- what's happening here. They need to start like really getting those games in a place where they can say, this is what happened. This is what's happening with them. Uh, this is what they play. Like, this is what they look like. And, and this is when you can expect them. Here's a general timeline. Um, for me, that's what, that's what 2021 needs to be. And, and if it's like, they don't have to come out next year, but, but they need to like be talking about them a lot and making sure that we are, uh, we feel comfortable that they are going to be coming uh, so that when they do start making other announcements, we can feel excited about those instead of like, Oh, is Nintendo kind of losing it with, with, with their ability to actually deliver on these promises. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll um, possibly announce a pro version next year? Is it is it about time to? Yeah. I don't know. It's about what, like four years It'll it, be starting up next before. year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they will. I think they will announce something like that. I, I think it just um, it, like I was talking about earlier. It's just their way of growing the install base, and it has always worked. They've never not done it with a with a handheld, right? They've they've like you know the Game Boy, Game Boy Color. They had yeah. a DS, a 3DS, DSi, 3DS, new 3DS. They will continue to do this, um, and and it doesn't matter like kind of what it is. Like it, it doesn't matter like what actually makes a pro. What matters is if they convince the people that are their biggest fans to buy it. If we mm-hmm. all get excited, and we think, "Oh man, I can't miss out on this." I, you know, I, uh, I'm so stupid. Like I bought the new 3ds because I was like excited about that right analog nub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Use that damn thing. I never used that. I don't. Maybe I come used on, it one game. Come, dude. You yeah. can you can go from right. icons to icons on the OS with that thing. Oh, it's no. amazing. But, like, but that's why I bought that thing, and it wasn't why I enjoyed this, that, that thing. But it doesn't matter. That's what they they need that sort of thing to convince people to buy it. Like, ideally, it. what's that? You still bought it. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And that's what that's what they need to do. They need to convince us like we need these things, even if we don't, uh, mm-hmm. because then we will sell our other stuff secondhand or hand them off. And then the, now they have other people buying games it, it's a brilliant strategy it's one that the both sony and microsoft tried to a- replicate with the with the pro and the uh xbox one uh, x last mm-hmm. generation and it worked to a certain extent uh but it's much different in handheld where, where it's like um where it's a consumer electronics device as opposed to like this big behemoth console that's how many people upgrade phones and tablets and stuff you know annually right. yeah Yes, exactly. And there's a huge secondhand market for that stuff. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I personally, like if I, if I start like thinking about like what I want, I, I, I don't, I don't know how likely it is, but I really hope they would put an SSD in there. Cause I know there's an SSD in, in iPhones. Uh, you can get one that's mm-hmm. like, you know, 128 gigabytes, relatively in, like affordable. Um, and boy, that would help with loading times on some of those games. The Animal sure. crossing was the one where I was like, man, if this would just load faster, it'd be a much, an, an even better game. Um, and that would be like, that's like my one big wish. That's a crazy that thought. I had never even thought about that. But mm-hmm. as uh, as somebody who like, I'm um, a big proponent of Chromebooks, I've got a bunch of them and the Chromebooks do have SSDs in them. They are like super small. It would work with the form factor, yeah. Oh yeah, but it would be a premium mm-hmm. price. But that upgrade yes. to me would be worth upgrading. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it would just be uh, it would be the way that they make it a pro. Like, uh, I, I'm sure they'll try other stuff. I'm sure like there are uh, other NVIDIA chips in the waiting that are more powerful that they could put in there. Um, they'll probably do something like that. Maybe we even you know, talked like about an, the gains that Digital Foundry put out with like super sampling, like just getting an overclocked version of the chip they have could actually get yes. us to reasonable 1080p performance. And that itself would be pro worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, even putting like some tensor cores in there to do um, the DLSS stuff, yeah. like that would be, that would be a huge thing for them. They could, they could still just be pumping out games at relatively the same resolution, but upscaling them to to 4K would be pretty cool on a TV. Like that could work. Um, and then like a, an OLED screen, I think maybe one that runs at 120 hertz would be that would be like the icing on the cake there. I think that would be great. Not Imagine they don't need to go to, on that though. <laughs> well, no, yeah, for sure. I, but they don't need yeah. to go. They don't need to do a 1080p screen. Even it could still be 720p at that like really small size. It doesn't matter. Like 720p is more than enough like uh, pixels per inch. Um, but yeah, 120 hertz. That'd be. That'd be. I mean, they're starting to do that in more and more in phones. And again, mm-hmm. these are phones that are more expensive. You're right. But uh, I think that there's a way to pull some of it off and maybe sell that system still at like 350. And yeah. call it a P- and call it a Switch Pro or whatever, and yeah, I I don't know. These are a lot of these things are just my personal like my personal wish list, but I hope they do most of it. You just got yeah. me excited in a way that I never even I've never even thought to go to the SSD route, um, but that totally is possible. That could work. They're, that's they're, one. I, that's the biggest one. Yeah, they're SSD, the SSD sticks. They're like tiny. They're super yeah, thin. I, their iPhone iPhone has an SSD in it. Uh, wow. You know, yeah. So absolutely, I would pay it. for that because you're right. Like Deadly Premonition mm-hmm. Two would not load for eight minutes <laughs> before I could right. play it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that that one really ancient memory. <clears throat> what? That wouldn't fix it, don't we? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> to the problem. That's beyond help. Um, All right. Is it me? So, or is it you? I forgot. Uh, oh, uh, well, I think the next one's me. So, okay. Uh, Yard and Angel uh, asked Breath of the Wild 2, when? And if you have <laughs> yeah. time, who will swerve first in this game of price chicken and announce it first? How much? So the first question is about Breath of the Wild 2. When is it? And then the other uh, one kind of reveal the price. Any minute now, man. Just wait. Just go go look out your window. It's coming for you. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew when the game was coming. Um, my, my guess is that, um, you know, if it doesn't show up in this next big general general direct, which it may as sort of like a mea culpa from, from Nintendo to be like, I know we made you wait. Here Here's the thing you've been waiting for. Um, if it doesn't show up there, it'll be at the Game Awards almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should know. We should know in a couple months, uh, I guess. God, yeah. I really is. It really is just a couple of months till, till December. So, yep. so yeah, like three, four months, uh, uh, we'll find out. Um, I, I hope that game comes out next holiday. I think it probably, I, probably, I think it probably mm-hmm. will. Um, but, but I wouldn't expect it before then, though. I guess there's a world where maybe it comes out in March, but I, but I highly doubt it. I was thinking March. That was what I was going with until COVID. And then once yeah, COVID, now they, they, was, they push too much stuff back. Like yeah. that, everything is just going to fall back because of that. Yeah. Do you think it could be even past uh, twenty like holiday twenty twenty one? Yeah, it, it could. Um, I think that would that if it, if it did that, it's because there's more issues than what have already happened. You know, with COVID nineteen. But um, I, I I would bet it comes out next holiday. Mm-hmm. A PS five Xbox. Who goes first? Yes. So. Man, this is a, this is this is one I just don't know. I feel like they don't know. I think this is the whole problem is that they um they both have reasons to go last and they have no reasons to go first. Neither of them do. Um and if you're in that situation, like this is why Microsoft just moved their thing, their thing that was going to happen in August where they're going to announce Lockhart, they moved it to September hoping that maybe Sony will do it instead. And Sony is not really planning anything cuz they're just waiting for Microsoft. Um 
Microsoft can't talk about Lockhart without talking about price. So if they get to a situation where they feel like they have to talk about Lockhart, they will have to go first with price. Um, but it's way more important to Microsoft, it seems like, to undercut Sony yeah. than it is for Sony to undercut Microsoft. Um, and I think that if it comes down to it and Sony feels like, well, we have to give a price because we have to start talking to retailers. Um, I think Sony could go first and just hope that like they are going to pick the right price that Microsoft is most likely to match and not undercut. But I, I don't know. It, it, it's and this is this is the biggest thing. They really just don't know yet. They don't know who's going to go first. So they're just going to keep waiting as long as they can. Uh, I, you know, and this is something I was talking about on another show recently. Um, thinking about it, like originally I was like, they're going to have to do it in August because they are going to have to tell the retail partners. But if they get creative, uh, they could like get actually way closer to release date before talking about price. If they choose like retail partners, if they do like say, we're just going to work with GameStop and someone else. Ooh. And also mm-hmm. you can go, you can order on our store. And then, then it's a much smaller circle. Uh, you can quit. Like you could say, listen, I GameStop, I know we haven't told you the price yet, but we're working directly with you. Just you pretty much. Uh, most people are probably going to come to you for the console. So just work with us, help us make a big announcement of it two weeks before it comes out. Maybe like, wow. I mean, how, how, how long before phones come out to wow. the announce price now? Like that's true. I saw your Thanksgiving we, update today i know that's like uh, that was a joke at <laughs> i know it was but it's still starting to come true yeah it's yeah, that's the thing like i'm now like really thinking about it more um they don't have to tell retailers they don't we wow. live in a different world we, we live in a world where they could ship things ordered online relatively quickly from their own stores um and most people that's how like most people get their, their iphones is ordering, ordering through apple.com i guess i don't know if it's most people but a lot of people do that um and, and i think they think they can do the same thing so and if they do, yeah, they can wait a really long time still. And that's it's actually getting kind of frustrating because this is the point where it's like everyone's trying to decide how like how they're going to buy games this holiday. Like, what are you actually going to put your money on? And it's really hard <laughs> to do that. Yeah, yeah, you get the savings jar or whatever. Right yeah, yeah. I, so. I also co-host our Xbox show and I'm a uh, big reputations lover of the Game Pass. I know it's our Nintendo show, so I won't go too crazy with this, but <laughs> I think I've been I've thought from the get go, like since march there's no way in the world that xbox would announce a price before sony there's zero incentive they they've got to be price competitive if not better i think all things considered but if sony truly won't announce until xbox does i think there is some business incentive for xbox to hold off as long as possible those are those are playstation 5s that playstation's not selling yeah yeah it's I mean, but the, like, this is like, you can, there's always a counter though, right? There's always a reason not to go. Like, I, and I think this is the discussion happening in like Sony's executive room where their market share uh, is so big Yeah, to not go just because you're afraid of Microsoft for price cutting. It's like, they just delayed their biggest game, but, but they, but everyone remembers 2013 that three yeah. when, when it was like, I was in mm-hmm. that, I was in that room when they did that, when it was they announced $400, it was like, I think my first E3, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sitting there and it was just like, everyone Everyone knew at that point it was kind of already over. Yep. Uh, even with all the other stuff that was happening with the online stuff, when Microsoft said five hundred, and then a few hours later that night, Sony said four hundred dollars. It was like, oh, okay. There's no reason not to get the PlayStation instead. Um, mm-hmm. And and everyone, and I think everyone is either scarred by that or f- like holds it up as like, if you're at Sony, you hold it up as like, this we have to do that again, or at least match. We can't we can't be in a situation that Microsoft was in. Um, and the only way to ensure that is to go last. So sure. 
And, and, and like, I, I don't go, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and I think Sony, like it, it fully relies on uh, like a lot more on PlayStation. There's a lot more at stake with PlayStation because of that success with PS4. And I think that company itself is like, if the PS5, if there's any chunk in the armor there, it's, it's not going to be um, a, as good for that company. Now, Microsoft can eat it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Sony still, and they might have to <laughs> as well. Yeah, I think the, uh, the the thing is we also just don't know yet a lot about these consoles. I think we we feel like we know them, uh, but I, I, it's you know before the uh, Xbox One and PS4 came out, it was really hard to tell like oh the Xbox is going to have some issues with with running games, and the PS4 is kind of running everything kind of how you would hope for the most part you know 1080 30 frames per second, mm-hmm. and um, I think we're all just assuming that both these consoles are going to run all games fine. I think we just, we don't know that yet. Um, my hunch just based on looking at the power and looking at like the way Sony definitely amped up the GPU clocks to try to match Microsoft a little bit. To me, that says like maybe the issues could be with Sony, but I don't know that for sure. They're, Microsoft absolutely could have issues somewhere along the line that just makes game. Maybe that memory like bandwidth stuff actually is going to be an issue. And that's where the problems come from. But the point is, is that, these these this is new hardware that developers are trying to get used to and and sony trying to match microsoft's you know teraflops number and and turning up like a gpu to 2.23 gigahertz whatever it is which is just kind of a really astronomical number for for a clock speed on a gpu most of them don't go above 2.0 you know, gigahertz um mm-hmm. th- there could be issues and it's like if we get a couple months in and you're the more powerful you're, you're the more expensive console and and the story becomes oh also there are issues here which again I don't know speculation but but if that becomes the story then that is a really big problem and, yeah. and that is that's that's what that's really where like Microsoft was more expensive and some people maybe were willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and then that you started hearing like 720p compared to you know 1080p and it was all over yeah. it was all yeah, over yeah, yeah 900p yeah mm-hmm. I'm 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 loving this both as uh, a fan of yours, a fan of Xbox, but also as a fan of watching Rebecca's brain melt. She's just, just <laughs> none of this matters to Switch, <laughs> and it's a, lovely 400p uh, display. <laughs> graphic person, give me the exclusives, give me the fun games. Yeah, I'll play. Yeah. I, I, I have a really powerful PC and I use it to play the junkiest looking stuff I can find on Steam. So <laughs> nice, <laughs> basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think this is our last last question. Yeah. It was kind of a, you know, there was some talk in the chat we saw with uh, some some Fortnite drama that I think has been going on this past couple hours. So we had the Zelda Gift World in chat ask, I think everyone on Shaq should pick a side, Epic or Apple. Dude, Google just kicked Fortnite off too. Wow. Yep. And Epic like, filed a lawsuit. Like this is becoming like the biggest story. This is crazy. <laughs> I, I have... I, I'm not, not going to pick a side in that because they both can go to hell. But um, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> if 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 in the, in an ideal, I guess not. This is not an ideal world. In a if, uh, the ideal result of this is Epic forces Apple to make some changes that benefits all developers. Yep. I'm very skeptical that that's the way it'll play out. M- yep. My hunch here is that it'll work out just fine for Epic. There might be some concessions for Epic, and then Epic will be like, mm. okay, that's fine. And not continue to fight for everyone else, like everyone else seems to think they will. Um, but I, I do. I just really dislike the way Tim Sweeney pr- presents a lot of this stuff. Uh, he always calls yeah. the the store the store pricing like a, a tax. It's not what a tax is, bro. This is not a tax. It's a fee that you pay to have the access to this audience that these companies built up. And, and 
I'm not defending Apple or Google, uh, but this is this is the reality of the world that we live in, that these companies spent the money investing to build these audiences and, and they do things that um, if it didn't exist, if there were like no stores, if there was no Steam or no, no Google Play or no App Store and everyone had to like sell things ad hoc on the Internet. Um, it would cost you way more than 30%, 30% per game mm-hmm. to like do customer service, to handle returns, to deal with the credit card companies. This is something like old developers talk about. They're like, I'm, I'm friggin' happy to pay 30% to Steam because I know how much all this stuff costs in the before. Before mm-hmm. it was like a nightmare. Now this company's just going to do it and only take 30%. It's worth way more than that. But yeah, I'll give them 30%. And that's, that's, that's the reality here is that the market value of what Steam and what Google Play and, and the App Store all provide is 30%. That's why most people pay it. That's why most people accept it. They don't like it. It sucks. It maybe does keep some developers from becoming profitable. Uh, and, and that's and that's kind of awful. Maybe there should be a way for smaller developers to make money. Um, but but Tim Sweeney making it about like, oh, it's, it's, it's this unfair tax uh, and really it's not providing that much value. If it wasn't providing that much value you would have found a way around it when you tried to go around it on, on Google, right? You try on Android, you tried to stay out of the app store. You tried to do it on your own on this platform that does allow sideloading that is actually technically open. And yet mm-hmm. you couldn't make it happen because the real value is having that audience that is on Google sure. play. And is it a monopoly? Absolutely. I don't give a shit if we try to break up these monopolies, go for <laughs> it. I, I don't care. Uh, but Tim Sweeney is just such, he's just, he gets under my skin, and uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, I get more frustrated with him than I should. Because you're I, talking end, me off my base, man. I came here ready to go full team epic, uh, not necessarily wow. for. You, yeah, no, you. you it's, I mean, it's the, the end, democratic, right. like yeah. freedom fighter mentality that they look at thirty yeah. percent and they're like, it's too much, and we want to make you know, and they they back it up themselves. They don't take thirty percent on the Epic Game Store. They don't seem to yeah. think they need to. Now they're bankrolled by their juggernaut game, and I guess that's the part that I like about it. I don't think anybody else can do it. Only they can. And they're right, trying yeah, to and, and do it for everybody else. And, and I'm not saying that no, 30 right. across the board or anything is a thing, but I do feel like, and I don't have the, the knowledge you have to break. Everything you just said, 100% sounds right to me. But I, I felt like, and I guess this comes back to the xCloud stuff on, on phones and everything and the different store purchases and whatnot, but 30% is a lot to say everybody does 30% because everybody's not the same. Right. Epic does huge, huge, huge business. Why are they paying 30% when you are making so much money off of them? They should probably not pay that much. And likewise, if you're not doing a certain amount of business, like maybe you shouldn't pay so much because you can't afford to. I feel like there's a, there's a sliding scale here that could be implemented that could be better for all. And I, I, I'm hoping at least that's where Epic goes. I don't think it will. I think, you know, these companies, these, these billion trillion companies, they've got lawyers that'll keep this up forever. They'll argue over this. It's going to be super hard to prove antitrust. I don't know if anything will actually happen to me at the end of the day. I just yeah, think they'll just go to court. Pretty different country we lived in, than we lived in in the the nineties with Microsoft mm-hmm. or the late the early two thousands when Microsoft had it had its antitrust case. Um, you know, it's very easy to get a judge right now that will be like, huh, "I don't care about that." Yeah, <laughs> I just that's that's not something that I really care about. They'll just it, argue and it'll just yeah, stay yeah. the same. Like, oh yeah, the the app store is included for free, and you're giving away your game for free. Well, that sounds like it's good for customers. So go ahead, and everyone's fine. Um, yeah, I I. I I know that there's a lot of developers out there that are really hopeful that Epic can break Apple and make them lower the lower their take because that would that would benefit a lot of developers and that would be a good thing. Um, 
I just, I, I just don't believe that this is the, I don't think this is going to do it now. Does that mean they shouldn't try? Because I don't believe it. Of course not. Go for it. Let's see what happens. I guess anything that might shake things up could help. Uh, But my, my gut here just tells me this is going to be, it's going to be a lot of, of uh, billionaires beating their chests. Uh, Mm -hmm. There might be some action in the EU where Apple has to pay a fine and maybe makes a few changes. But like, I mean, you look at the way, um, you know, I guess maybe the interesting thing with Microsoft did work because most people use Chrome now and don't use Internet Explorer. Uh, but but uh, I, I think that, you know, it, what could happen is Apple might say, oh, you can sideload things because we have to uh, 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 we have to uh, go in line with what a court ordered us to do and allow people to sideload stuff just like they do on Google to make it a technically technically open thing. And then all of a sudden, everyone can pirate games really easily on Apple and all these smaller developers get go out of business anyhow. And it actually doesn't help Epic either because that didn't work on Android. It's just I, I don't know if he really wanted to change things. I feel like there's other ways to do it. But, uh, you know, he's allowed to try and suing sometimes works. So we'll see. What about you two? Epic or Apple? Well, I, I again, I, I have no dog in this fight either way. If can, um, I, can I make a case that you do? Okay, go for it. All right, here's the case that you do. Uh, to mm-hmm. the, the reason why this is Nintendo-related, today, Epic launched discounts, like basically permanent price drops if you buy from them through a storefront that's not mobile. So Switch, mm. Switch across the board is cheaper today. Also, we should care about 30%, because guess who also takes 30%? Nintendo <laughs> and their business is basically built on making sure they get that 30%. So you, I think you do have a dog in the fight. It matters. Well, it's just that, well, first off, I, I don't play Fortnite. I, I, I'm not invested <laughs> in Fortnite at all. So whatever they, they pull off of Apple or Google or whatever system, I don't really care for. Now, the the belief, I, I understand both sides. I, I understand the belief that 30% is probably shouldn't be the same for everyone for all the reasons that you said. Um, but I also think that, um, you know, from the, it's just, it's just sort of weird how the messaging is with Fortnite. Cause like, I, I can understand the legal battles. I've read the legal battles with Nintendo all the time with trademarking. I don't need, I don't need to know the legal battles of this certain, like, that's why we still don't have digital refunds. Well, (laughs) the way they market Fortnite it's just like, here's this gray video and here's this Apple monopoly. And it's like trying to cartoon, like like trying to personify this this case that makes them the good guy releasing yeah. this rainbow freedom it's or whatever. Marketing narrative is. that is Strategy, very, I find sure. very off-putting. Yes. It made me uncomfortable just yeah, watching that. It, yeah. Gave so. me a little bit of anxiety thinking about like the person having to put this cartoon together, trying <laughs> right? to like... Yeah, it's like, man, we, 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 we know that we know the end goal here, because like the, the thing that they lampooned was the 1984 commercial that Apple did. And it's just these two corporations using 1984 to fight each other. Boy, that is really stupid. That's, it is really that's dumb. R- real dumb. Yeah. It's real and, petty, and, isn't it? Yeah, and we, we know. Petty and ch- a little childish, like it makes kind me of. think, OK, yeah. that they're they're in it for the marketing and getting their name out there more than anything. Yeah, they and, just and, can't like, talk it how- out. They just got to fiery no. advertisements at each other. Yeah, and we know we know how it played out with the original 1984 advertisement, where like Apple's like, "We're gonna go against the man and fight against IBM, who's trying to control your your digital future." And now mm-hmm. Apple controls our digital future, <laughs> and, and it's like, and Epic's like, "Well, no, for real this time, we're gonna go out there, and we're gonna fight the man, and we won't become the man." It's like, homie, I, I know who you are. I could, we all Pretty know what phone. you are. I've read yeah, this story before. Exactly, we know how this ends. We don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. Like, I, I know you. you 
oh, we're passing the savings on to you and we're only charging so much on our store. And but these are just momentary moves to like disrupt the market and to make yourself like the most important player in the market. And then once no one's there to compete with you, we know what happens. Like, so I just don't believe you. Um, and if we really want to change, I don't want it to come from Epic. I want it to come from us. Like we should be able to kind of decide our, the way that this stuff works. Like, you know, democracy, right? Like we should be able to actually decide the way our, our actual lives are affected by these things, but we don't have billions of dollars. They do. So they get to decide. And it's yep. very, it's disheartening. We want free market. I, yeah. Uh, one, I'm so happy we asked that question. That was excellent. <laughs> excellent conversation. Um, I'm sorry for the rain. It's ha- like hailing right now. I'm not sure. Oh, I can't hear, hear it all. Oh, it is. If you keep seeing me look it's aside, right. it's because lightning, thunder, hail. <laughs> Things oh, are happening about four feet away all here. The time where I'm at, we're at like <laughs> we're at like five thousand five hundred feet. So like it's always like right before the the hail melts. Uh, oh. So it hits us all the time, and it's like uh, oh, one man. of the reasons my car insurance is so high. <laughs> Every car just gets messed up. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna do it for us in the show. Unless anybody else has any other questions they'd like to ask our guest. I'm good. Not a question, but just thank you so much for uh, for taking yes, the time. Thank you. No, thank you for having me on. I'll do this anytime. This is a really good time. You guys have a good show here. Thank you. <sighs> thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, like I said, at the top of the show, major, huge fan. Uh, continue to sign up for all the alerts. Everybody out there, make sure you're following Jeff Grubb over there at Venture Beat. Read his articles, share the articles, promote all the stuff. It's just amazing stuff. You're you're one of the best in the biz. And uh, Thanks, thank man. you. I, re- I really appreciate that. Yeah, I, that, that means a lot. Thank you for dropping by the Nintendo Shack. And that is going to wrap it up for this week in the Nintendo Shack. We hope that you enjoyed us hanging out with Jeff Grubb. And we'll be back next week with games that we're playing and all those good impressions. I have a review copy of a game myself that I'm excited to share with the rest of Shackers next week. So that'll do it. Good night, Kooplings. Bye-bye. <laughs>